The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. First time since what December tenth? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what the best thing is is that like, like I I really enjoy being in the bubble with my mom and dad. gave her a, gave mom a big hug before I went back out into Aww. the mean world filled with COVID. Were and, there tears uh, when y'all finally got to no, hang out? No, no. When we first hung out, yeah, like, she was wiping her eyes. Aww. I almost cried. Yeah. I got that sensitive moment. Like I hadn't hugged my mom in like a while. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, like you you don't want them to get sick, and I'm like you're in the bad range and. I'm filthy. Like I, can't, <laughs> like, I have this business that puts me around people, and I'm always like very honest with people. Like, hey, you know, I'm filthy. You probably don't want to be around me. Like, you know, I mean, I walk around, I wear the mask. I'm always trying to be safe and around people and things like that. But it's impossible to be 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. And it's your mom. So it you is wanna, your mom, and you got to be careful. Right. You want to be 100 percent sure when it's your mother. And another thing you got to take care of is you got to tell people that the First National Bank of Evergreen Park knows that saving money. It's more important than ever. They're the proud sponsors of the EP podcast, and they offer a number of great savings accounts and tools to meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a first savings account for your child, certificate of deposit, or a money market account, First National Bank of Evergreen Park has the right savings solutions for you. To learn more, make an appointment to meet with a banker right now. BankEvergreenPark.com slash EPPod member FDIC. All right, so here's what we got tonight. We got Dr. David Beckman's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the vaccines. We're going to talk about local options for people to get the vaccines. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting that now we have Governor Pritzker seems to have changed his tune a little bit. Yep. And now 65 and older are in the next group, mm-hmm. which is great news for mom and dad. Yes. Like I called my dad today. I'm like, guess what? You're getting out of jail. <laughs> you got a reprieve from the governor. He's getting he in. He got a reprieve from the governor. You're in, you're in for the vaccine. And it's funny because he's ready to get it. He's yeah, like, stick good. me twice. I'm ready. I'm done with this. Yeah. My mother, she's a conspiracy theorist. So mom is like, I don't know if I want this. And I'm like, what are you going to do, mom? Yeah, what, are you, what is she going to do? What's your plan, mom? You're in like, you're in the group of people that die when they get it. Maybe I'll just live in my house forever. You what? Like, this is the Alone. The conversation while you night at dinner. Live in your maybe, bubble. Maybe I'll just live in my house forever. My father's like, I'm not going to live in my house forever. I'm getting the shot. <laughs> so then I'm just going to bring it home and kill you. Like, we're getting the shot. Like, th- this is the conversation going on in my parents' house right now about yeah. the shot. But it's fun that they actually get to have the conversation. Could you even imagine it nine months ago? Maybe this really is the end. Yeah. It doesn't mean I get to go out and lick a lamppost now, but very soon I get to lick a lamppost. <laughs> Safely. I'll be able to lick a lamppost without any regard. And then uh, Ben Belton's going to be joining us from Hollywood, and he's going to be checking in with uh, a preview of everything going on in 2021, nice. uh, entertainment-wise. And there's a huge slate of things because Hollywood and the TV and movie industry oh, and everybody yeah. needs to make up for last year. Oh, God, yeah. That and so much more is ahead in 30 minutes of good that is known as the EP Podcast. But first, your word on the street. <laughs> Now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Tom Walsh, financial advisor, Edward Jones, right up the street, 3201 West 111th Street. 
The guy is helping out people all throughout the neighborhood. Make sure you're doing the most you can with your money. Give him a call, 773-779-0023. The Village of Evergreen Park has had enough with their post office. Mayor Sexton and current mayoral candidate, State Representative Kelly Burke, have decided the problems that residents are having with service at the Evergreen Park branch of the U.S. Postal Service need to be addressed. They will be dealing with federal representatives now to improve the situation. I'll be honest with you. Grandparents in Kansas City, my wife's side of the family, sent cards to each one of the three kids with money in it to arrive. They are looking for input from local residents. If you have had any first-hand problems or concerns related to service, there is a form now available at evergreenpark-ill.com. Tell them exactly what happened as they build their case. Meanwhile, the EP Podcast wants to hear from you. The tip line is open for anything. 708-459-8406 and be a part of the EP Podcast. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. I know you went down and saw the family. Yeah, went to Louisiana. I know you're missing it right now and you're checking out pictures of king cakes on your phone. This is the big time, right? Golf night was last night. So what is that? That's the official start of Mardi Gras season. Okay, so explain this to me because all of us live up here and Mm -hmm. you're from New Orleans Mm -hmm. and we did a Mardi Gras thing last year. Yes, we did. And in fact, it was probably one of the last big things that we got to do. I know because the, the shutdown Marty, happened. The big after Mardi Gras celebration that we had here with the EP podcast. Yeah. And so now, explain this to me and anybody else that's never heard about this. What exactly just happened? It's called Twelfth Night. Yeah, Twelfth Night. So what is Twelfth Night? Uh, you know, twelve days of Christmas. So it's the twelfth day after Christmas. Yes. So once that happens, Mardi Gras begins. Yes. So, so what they do is they get through the 12 days of Christmas down there and they go Mardi Gras. There's yes. no in between. No, 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 no. No Do in people between. start flashing right away or no, is there a grace no, period like after the, the, Christmas? This is the real thing. You know, this is like the what the locals do. So there's this crew called the Crew of 40 Funny Fellows, but it's PH instead of F. So 40 Funny Fellows. Mm-hmm. They ride the St. Charles streetcar line from end to end. And shout from the streetcar that uh, Mardi Gras is here. And okay. that that kicks How off. How many Mardi days Gras. does that go on for? Just one day? Yeah. So on day two, is that when the flashing begins? No. What day does the flashing begin? When all the tourists get in town. Is that what it is? So this yeah. is a tourist thing, the flashing thing. I, totally. 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 Thing. Is the beads thing where you throw them down the people, that's also a tourist thing? Yes. I just watched a season of The Amazing Race. And they always try to do something that's supposed to be um, local in whatever country they go to. Right. And they finished in New Orleans and mm-hmm. had a stunt where they were throwing beads down to the other people. And I wondered that because I was like, I don't remember. I don't think the beads thing is actually part of Mardi Gras. Like, is there anything to do with beads that's actually part of the celebration? 
Um, or is this something that got no, adapted? No, no, no. It's part, of, it's part of the celebration. Okay. Um, you know, every every float in every parade, I don't care if you're down in like Mamu or Thibodeau, you know, by the Gulf, or if you're all the way up in Shreveport, or if you're in Mobile, any Mardi Gras you go to, they will be throwing beads. Beads are a part of Mardi Gras. It is a throw. But the whole thing with the, the flashing, that that's the tourist thing. You know, that's the Bourbon Street and the Spring Breakers or the midlife crisis people Ugh, i'm in marty i'm in new orleans so I what mean, do you think gets down there more often the midlife crisis people or the youth i the midlife crisis because i'm not interested in going why i went when i was younger no no like i would go to mardi gras but i would want to go as an adult now like i did my running around in the middle of mardi gras i believe that there was uh that week uh all of us made a challenge and this is this is this, see here's the problem in this current era, what I'm going to say <laughs> is going to upset some people. It's going to you may be triggered by what I'm going to you say. You will be offended. But understand that the year was 1999, or maybe it was Mardi Gras 2000. It was a very different world back then. And uh, me and my male friends, we basically filled out like a punch card thing. And the goal was the most states you could make out with. Oh. Nothing other than that. We just wanted to kiss as many states as possible. Okay. And I won the competition mainly oh, because the days I think before COVID. I be, yeah, the days before <laughs> COVID when you could just kiss random strangers in the middle of the street during Mardi Gras. And I, I remember like, it would be like, we'd be walking around. I'd be like, are you? And, and what's great was the fact that we made up the cards where we had to punch out the state added validity to the competition <laughs> to wit girls who had been drinking too much or maybe they weren't, but most likely they were, would fall for the line, you have to help me win. What state are you from? Oh, if you tell them, and you the have girl to help me like, win. Well, oh, what, yeah. I'm from, I'm from Nebraska. I have not made out with a girl from Nebraska yet. Now, I would sometimes lie if I had made out with a girl from Nebraska <laughs> if that girl was really hot. And folks, before I continue this podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about my friend, Larry Liebforth. Larry was born and raised right here in Evergreen Park and has been in business for almost 30 years. I continuously see him volunteering his time with local sports associations, helping out the kids, helping raise money for charity. And what you need to know is that Larry is there in case you need some help as well. For nearly 30 years, the law offices of Lawrence G. Liebforth have been handling every kind of law you can think of, from personal injury cases to real estate dealings. If you need a will drawn up or representation in a criminal case, it's good to know you have local representation available, rooted in the community with decades of experience. Located over at 4001 West 95th Street in Suite 200, give him a call for any of your legal needs. 708-499-6300. The law offices of Lawrence G. Leeforth, here to help you. Evergreen Park's own Dr. David Beckman joining us now on the phone line. I've had so many people tell me they love when he comes on because they never hear what a doctor really has to say about what's going on. He's nice enough to join us and, you know, who knows, maybe he can explain why when I got back from that trip I was just talking about, my mother burned all my clothes and I had strep throat for three weeks. But I'm pretty sure we don't need to ask him about it. Let's get into something that everybody else wants to know about. I'm excited about the fact that the vaccines, we've got a couple of them that are approved. 
I'm also excited that it seems like after initial reports on how they were going to be distributed, it seems like 65 and older is going to start getting them in the next couple of weeks. I read that yesterday where Governor Pritzker seems to have amended his plan, and that seems to hit the wheelhouse for the yeah. big problem right now, the fatalities, the the long hospitalizations and everything else like that. How do you feel today knowing that about where we're at in the middle of all this? It's definitely patients 65 and older that would benefit the most um, from getting this vaccine or either of these vaccines, because there's a lot that we don't know about the vaccines in terms of long-term data. But what we do know uh, in the short term is that the chance, your, your chance of being hospitalized and your chance of dying after receiving this vaccine from COVID-19 is significantly lower. So, and that's really, I mean, that's kind of what, what you're looking for with a vaccine. You want to reduce the number of people that are dying and getting seriously ill. And it appears that both of these vaccines do that. So um, as soon as we can get large portions of the population that are 65 and older vaccinated, I mean, that's, that's going to be one step closer to getting back to normal. Am I way too rosy in the picture and in my view that if you're able to give it to those with uh, issues ahead of time that could contribute to them uh, getting worse than the average person, and if you are able to give it to those that are 65 and older, we're going to see not only a massive drop in the fatality numbers, but we'll also see the possibility that the world will open up a lot more, that you might not have a full baseball stadium, but they'll be able to put people outside sitting there at, the, at a ball game because the numbers will be so low. And yes, people will catch this, but the mortality rate will drop to a number that is far more acceptable. Am I crazy for hoping for that after sitting in my house for almost a year? No, I, I think that that, that is uh, everyone's hope. And I think it's not, uh, it's not unrealistic. I think that um, the, the problem is you, you do have to get a large number of people that, that get that vaccine. I mean, we don't know whether this vaccine prevents asymptomatic spread, but that actually wouldn't really matter if the people that were um, most susceptible were protected because, you know, the infection can get spread and it can continue to go through a community. But if the most vulnerable members of the community are actually protected, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have young people that are passing it up to, to each other and many of them don't have any symptoms. Some of them maybe lose their sense of smell and taste for a little while. Some get some mild congestion and that's about it. If you have a lot of people that are doing that, that's not really concerning. What's concerning is that those people then go back to their houses and and they're living with family members that are that are more uh, prone and more susceptible to getting a severe case. And those are the people that you worry about. And those are the people that you want to vaccinate. Right. If we could vaccinate those people, that would be a big deal. Now, I, I'll tell you what's going on in my parents' house. My mother will kill me for saying this. <laughs> uh, I have I have two that are over 65 over there. Right. Dad okay. just turned 70. Dad's like, stick me twice. I'm ready. Like he's like, okay. I don't care. And, and dad, that's kind of how dad looks at it. He's like, by the time, if there are long-term effects to this that are negative, like he's like, if, if, if there's something wrong with this, 
eh, it'll probably hit me when I'm going to get something else anyway and I'm going to die. So I'm not worried <laughs> about this. Like, that's how he is. It's like, I'm old enough. Just give me the shot. Let's roll the dice. I'd like to get back to normal life. Yeah. My yeah. mother, my mother is one of those people that has never, ever, ever trusted anybody with anything. Okay. She's not an anti-vaxxer in any way. In fact, we all had our vaccines and everything like that. But she's one of those people that is, at this point, she doesn't trust the media. She doesn't trust her government. And she ain't sure if she trusts this shot. Is there anything you can say to somebody like her that would make them feel that it's not a concern how quickly they came up with this? That it, that, that it, that it's it's safe or is there a reason why there i mean there are some people that that won't take it is there any valid reason for somebody to say i don't think this is good for me i definitely understand the apprehension for doing for getting a vaccine that is developed in record time compared to other vaccines but you do also have to consider the fact that these vaccines are different than traditional vaccines um whereas most vaccines are either administering an inactive virus or a particle of a virus or using a vector that isn't going to make you sick. Those are kind of the traditional vaccines. But the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that came out are using technology that has been in place for actually quite a while um, in terms of treating other diseases uh, using messenger RNA. Um, and so the reason this vaccine was developed so quickly was, number one, we knew the genetic code of the virus very early on, essentially like a month and a half, two months after the uh, pandemic began, the entire viral code, genetic code was known. And so then you could immediately start targeting parts of that virus as a way to get the to to get a vaccine and the mrna actually takes away a step where you don't actually have to manufacture any um, protein uh, you don't have to manufacture any type of antigen almost like a snapchat message that you send uh, that tells the cell to make the spike protein. And so you don't have to rely on making an artificial protein. It's actually your own body that is making that protein through the through these cells. And so that that's why this vaccine was able to be developed so quickly, is it's a totally different type of vaccine than uh, anything that we've ever used before. So it's not as much of it could be corner cutting. It's the way that they made the vaccine and the fact they were able to get the genetic code sooner. That's that's the quick summation there. A absolutely. Yeah. The, um, you, you cut out a step in the vaccination process. And not only that, you have the same message that is being uh, absorbed and transcribed by the cells in all of these cells. And in every case, instead of having to come up with a synthetic uh, version of the virus, this is basically making the same exact protein. The cell is making the same exact protein over and over and over again until that uh, messenger RNA is kind of absorbed and goes away. Um, so yeah, it, it makes it it makes it easier to develop that vaccine. Um, and what we know is that now three months in, there, there is not any um, serious uh, side effect 
with these with these vaccines. I know there were reports of these allergic reactions that have had occurred in small numbers of people, but I think you know this is one of the concerns that has happened through this whole pandemic, which is that uh, everything is talked about in anecdotes. So you hear about the 18-year-old that died from mm, COVID right. and you hear about the two people that, or four people that got a severe allergic reaction. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh my God, this is, this is terrible. This is deadly. This vaccine isn't going to work. I've been saying this now forever, that every time, like whenever somebody sits there and says, oh, you better watch out for your kids. And I'll sit there and say, look, you know the names of every kid that's died in the United States because there's an entire article on that kid because it's like the one kid that died the entire month. Like it, Com- it's, it's such right. a yep. rare thing. And that's for yes. the same reason that you know the names of anybody that got an allergic reaction because it's also a very rare thing. But yes. that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, it, the real shame here is the fear and the distrust, the same fear and distrust that that has pretty much made this entire country insane. And we just continue to watch <laughs> these crazy yeah. things happen, like the guy with the horns on his head in the Capitol building. Like, I mean, like that's <laughs> that's 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 2020 in a nutshell. And it happened six days in the 2021. So the insanity didn't end on on January 1st. And what you're saying is don't focus on these outlier things. If you don't want to if, if you're the same kind of person that doesn't focus on the outlier thing with the 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 once in a while a young person dies from this then you can't be the person then that that focuses in with laser laser vision on some, one person that had an allergic reaction that the overall you're, you're numbers right. show this vast amount of security so far with the vaccine now, and i say that now telling you i'm not, i don't intend to give this to my kids because they haven't they haven't tested it on kids and i like and and i don't feel like with the with the possibility of them you know actually catching it and dying it's such a rare thing for a child, I'd be like, why would they need it? Well, well, Chris, I have to say, I I completely agree. I I don't plan on vaccinating uh, our children with uh, with this vaccine either, for the same reasons that you highlighted. Number one, of course, it's not been studied in any, in patients under eighteen, but um, but more than that, I think it's that um, the risk to children under 18 with this virus is incredibly, incredibly low. Um, You really have to, uh, this is a type of infection where you see a clear split in in the risk. And starting at age 50, every 10 years older that you are, your risk of getting severely ill increases quite a bit. And, uh, And so, yeah, using anecdotes is is not how you practice medicine because all of us uh, have have encountered tragic um, situations with children and patients that were healthy that had a horrible outcome or they or they died and those memories stick with you. But if you use those experiences to dictate how you practice medicine, then you're going to do a huge disservice to the general public. Before I let you go here, Dr. Beckman from uh, Family First Medical Group, yourffmg.com. Check him out there. Hannah, I guess, is uh, is now using you as her, as a her regular doctor. She told me she canceled an appointment already on you. I'm sure you're a little annoyed with her, so if you feel like telling her to knock it off. I needed to reschedule. It's, it's money out of this guy's pocket. He had you penciled in and you don't show up. I mean, it's, it's pretty... I rescheduled ahead of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. I hope okay. you just don't, don't, don't let her get away with, uh, with crap because <laughs> She's on the show, Doc. You, we we have a three three 
strikes and you're out policy, so you're, you're okay. You already got one strike. <laughs> That's what he's saying here, Hannah. Are you a CFO, HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year? Out of control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the elite benefits formula. This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals, and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. Ben Belton joins us on the line from Hollywood, California. <laughs> Happy New Year, Ben. How are you? Well, I, I, I'm here to vaccinate you against entertainment boredom. That's good. Thank God. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. To, I'm here. I'm here. I've got the vaccination. I, I feel like that's a pretty tough act to follow. You know, like I, he's got a lot of good information. <laughs> you know what the great the thing is with Ben and Ben was Ben was on the radio with me years and years and years, decades ago. Ben was on the radio uh, at the same time as me. Uh, he may have even been allowed to be on my show once or twice. But Ben and I were on the same radio station and Ben knows this. Like Dr. Beckman is like a good guest because of the amount of information. Like we get a lot of people. That like, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, that's great info and stuff like that. But on the other hand, you're kind of like, it's medical stuff. Like, how much can I really air before people are like, I'm bored? <laughs> you, I mean, people are fast. This is stuff people are always like embarrassed to ask about, but they're like, right. they want to know about it. I find it, it fascinating. I, though, I because agree. I'd, I'd rather talk to him than learn it off of Facebook these days, right? Yeah, I agree. And I honestly, I was listening to it. I was, I was, I was checked in. You were in. So, all right. Yeah, yeah I was in. in. Ben's locked down though. California's uh, gone off the deep Dude, end out there. Yeah. They, they don't, they're not allowed to do anything out in California. Uh, unless of course you work for a movie theater. If you work for a movie production, you can do whatever you want to. I saw that YouTube video of that poor woman who I couldn't know. open up a restaurant yeah. or have her outdoor patio, but the movie production had set up a tent next door. Uh, I would imagine tensions are a little high out there on the West coast. Well, now it's considered they, the, they've issued a warning. If you leave, even leaving your house, cause house is now a high risk. You'll be shot on site in California. That's what you're telling well, me. Well, I, I think I think it's an effort to scare people that haven't easily been scared and have been leaving and thus more people are spreading it. But that's that's uh, that's the argument. I, I guess. mean, are people wearing masks at least? Are they are they still like, you know, like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Or are people taking it more seriously? I mean, I wear my mask in a store. I wear my mask around people that are at risk. And when I'm walking down the street and there's nobody there, it's in my pocket. Right. I don't need it. But I'm, talking, I'm talking about in California. Oh yeah, California. Well, it's not. It's not really like that here. I I think where where they're seeing a lot of the spread is in areas that tend to be where people are working. It's it's you know they're they're in areas that are in some cases underprivileged or you know lower socioeconomic status, however you want to label it. Mm-hmm. And so there, a lot of the uh, the people there are maybe not taking the precautions or maybe they're being exposed to things just because they have to work and they have no other option. See, Hannah, listen so to this. Listen to this. This, is the Holly, this is the Hollywood elite right here telling you that the poor people <laughs> are the problem. This is what he is. Aww. The poor people are the problem. That's what he just said. 
Well, well, it is. It's that's where the, if you look at the maps, that's kind of where you're seeing the the, the spread. There is, those. There and are the and that will explain why. There, California's got poor people's zones and rich people's zones. That's what he's telling me right now. Like Brad Pitt's well, like, yeah, it's these poor, it's these poor people. <laughs> Damn poor people. Do they have like a California? Is there like a poor people map? Like, yeah, there's you know, a map of the poor people. Yeah. It, 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 yes. The guy the guy who sells the map to the stars, he stands right next to the guy with the map to the poor people. <laughs> uh, what is going on out there in the land of Hollywood? Uh, I know that they didn't get very much done in 2020. So 2021, I would imagine, is just absolutely packed because they got to make that money back. It is. And the, and the strategies have shifted. So what we saw this last year was essentially all the great projects were just pushed forward. So I was talking to some other journalists and people that cover movies and entertainment. And I was saying, you know, what were your top films for the year? And they said, well, we didn't really get a chance to have the top films because they were never presented to us. Uh, the studios didn't didn't put them out. And even most of the ones that made it to streaming were not like the top tier you know, there were a couple exceptions, but most of them weren't the top tier ones. And even the Oscar nominated films haven't been released yet. In yeah, large so that's, that's a weird thing. So now I was going to ask you that. Was the Oscars going to be just filled with Netflix shows or was it a bunch of movies that none of us have seen? Well, they are releasing them now and you're going to see them in next. In fact, there was there's one that was released today. Pieces of a Woman, which stars Vanessa Kirby and also has Ellen Burstyn in it. And Shia LaBeouf, who's in a lot of trouble right now, but basically... Yeah. And he's not even being included in the in the Oscar nomination process because at one point they were going to push him for best supporting actor. See, here's the thing. Deep down in the end, I don't think as many people care about the awards during something like this. Like, I, I, I just I'm not really sure if they're into it, especially because we didn't get a chance to see any of the movies. Like, do they, right. yeah. is there any feeling out there that maybe like nobody really cares about them right now? I mean, they're, we're all living in the middle of this world where we're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to lose our job or lose our business or what's going to happen next to us. And they're all living in a giant mansion. Like being on lockdown in a $14 million palace is a little bit different than my situation right now. <laughs> I hope they get that. I know they don't get it because they live in this bubble out there, but they should get it at this point. Uh, and why do you say that, Chris? <laughs> I'm just Let's talk about the movies that are coming out or the projects that are coming out of all things, right. whether it be Netflix, uh, something going on on a, on a streaming service, a movie that's coming out. What are the things you're most looking forward to this year that you know are coming? Well, that, that's another question that actually gets back to the whole pandemic question, right? So there's a lot of great films that are scheduled to come out even in the next few months. But the question is whether or not they're still going to be released or if they're going to be pushed back or if they're going to go to streaming or a combination of the two. So you've got, like, for example, Jared Leto's Morbius Project for Marvel. You've got, you know, the, the next James Bond. You've got, you know, Black Widow. You've got all those things. If the rates... You know, obviously, if L.A. doesn't get back online with the theaters and New York doesn't get back online, question is, is are they going to go ahead and release these films? Do they need L.A. and New York, Ben, if the majority of the middle of the country is open? Because I feel like those two coasts are going to take the longest. I, I mean, I, I really do. I feel like just the way that those two states have been operating compared to the majority of the rest of the country, that the rest of the country might be in better shape before they are. Do they need those two big markets because everything else in the middle doesn't matter? They all, it's not that the people in the middle don't matter, but it's that those two markets or those two states particularly account for a bulk of the film profits that come out. So you're cutting out so many people that support the film industry, whether, I mean, moviegoers and, you know, what have you, that, that it, it, cre it makes a, a project significantly less 
valuable if you don't release it in those areas. That's why it becomes, that's why it becomes, it's, it's not like a, the middle people don't matter, but it's more or less that like you, you see kind of what happened this year with, you know, films like New Mutants and, and some of those things, they probably would have done better if they had better release, you know, you know, across the country and they weren't able to. They weren't, it wasn't that they were great projects or bad, pro, you know, bad projects. It was just that they couldn't get the distribution they needed. And if they had gotten it, they probably would have done a lot better than they did. See how nervous Ben is? Like after we pointed out that he just said that the poor people caused everything. <laughs> Now he's like, it's not like the people in the middle of the country don't matter. Like he's very, he's on a defense. I come from the middle of the country, you're, you're, so that's that would be pretty hypocritical of me. You're originally a Southsider. I understand that, Ben. Okay, that's right. If everything works out, or if these things come out this year, what does excite you? I mean, is it the Black Widow movie? Is it something going on in a streaming service? Like what? What is going to draw somebody back into a theater again? You know, because I still think that even though, even if things get better psychologically, there's going to be this block where some people are be like, do I really, am I really allowed to go back in there? Like something has to get them back in. So, so what do you think is, what do you think is going to come down the pipeline that you're excited about and that Hollywood's excited about right now? Well, I think what you're going to see happen in the coming weeks and months is just kind of like filling out the situation and seeing what can be essentially put out that's going to get people interested in the theaters again. And what they're really relying on or counting on is films like the James Bond, like Black Widow to bring people in. But again, it's a question of whether or not the pandemic will allow it. You know, whatever theaters that they either, you know, either film company agrees to release to, that's going to be a big piece of the pie. Um, But assuming that those don't happen, you know, as I was saying earlier, joking earlier with there's going to be more fun on the way. These, these, you know, essentially these studios have, have changed their strategy. So they're doing things that are going directly to streaming. So you're going to have like next week, you've got WandaVision coming out, which even though it's, a, you know, it's a Disney Plus TV show, it's basically shot almost like a film in pieces and put together. So you've got that coming out. And then a month after that, that, you've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Then after that, two months later, you've got Loki and you've got just one thing after another. And then the films that will eventually come with it, you know, that will be, as I understand, like, for example, uh, Emma Stone's got her project coming out where she plays Cruella in the live action film. That's, I understand, is going to be released at both Disney Plus, so it's going to stream, and it's also going to go to the theaters. So you are going to see a lot of bigger projects come out that have been kind of on the back burner. It's just a question of how many and when, you know what I mean? But I think those are the things that we can get really excited about. So, uh, Ben, no, I appreciate you checking in. Thanks for the updates. I'm looking forward to like a billion things on streaming right now and movies that may be coming out. And uh, Hannah's looking forward to the Poor People Tour when she goes out to Hollywood. (laughs) All right, Hannah, come visit. I'll take you. (laughs) Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks. It's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. Broadcast basement. The Nudie's basement. The broad basement. Slancha. The EP podcast. <laughs>
Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.